The cattle industry is absolutely full of products or companies promising you an increase in your profit per head if you use it. Well, today we look deeper into selling program cattle from agent source verified to all natural all the way to GAP certified. We talk with Superior Rep Clint Berry about the details of each and what you need to be aware of. Then you decide if the return is worth your investment. Welcome to the Working Ranch Podcast and to our first episode here in 2021, wishing you all the best for this upcoming year. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Justin Mills, coming to you from the lightly snow-covered grasslands of Weston County in Northeast Wyoming. This podcast, in conjunction with Working Ranch Magazine, by the way, the bull buying season, you know, started a couple months back and it's going to continue through spring. So if you're needing bulls, a good place to start is just by flipping through the latest January-February issue of Working Ranch Magazine. Now, if you looked at the total time of the podcast today, you might have noticed that it was just a little bit longer than normal. But rest assured, and I believe it's going to be well worth it for you, because the concept of selling program cattle, which is our main topic today, is something that everyone needs to be well informed on so that you're confident when or even if it fits your operation. So that is our main topic today. Plus, we'll also be hearing from weatherman Don Day on what's shaping up for weather here in the next month across the country. Now, if you do have questions about anything you hear on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me through email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com, or you can give me a call or text at 307-363-COWS. Quick shout out to Dean in Parker County, Texas, for your email questions on potentially expanding your cattle herd. Good luck with that decision, and good luck to you, Dean, in 2021. Now it's time to check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin, Working Ranch podcast crew. Welcome to another trip around the sun. Thanks for joining us. Justin, I heard about this program called Ranchin' Vets. They're based out of San Rafael, California, serving those who have served us, connecting veterans and ag employers nationwide. Now, this is a nonprofit, and here's how it works. Our Operation Hire a Vet program was designed to serve our post-9-11 veterans who are exploring employment opportunities within the agricultural industry. We assist veterans who have successfully completed our online registration process by granting access, access to our private veteran community page and agricultural employment job board. Now, this outfit is legit. Uh, looking through their brochure here, they are certified veteran ready by the Psych Armor Institute. They have a CBS Jefferson Award for Public Service. They've been featured in California Cattlemen's Association magazine and a few other uh, media outlets. And I think it's something that if if I was a veteran or knew a veteran, and I would want to absolutely hook them up with what I consider to be one of the most fulfilling occupations and for us a way of life that there is in, in in America and that is feeding the world. So get a hold of them, ranchinvets.org. That is R-A-N-C-H-I-N-V-E-T-S dot O-R-G. Ranchinvets. Check them out. Justin, we have a lot of work to do here at Working Ranch this year to keep the boat steady. Glad to have you on board. 
That's my two cents. Well, Captain, appreciate the opportunity to be a part of the Working Ranch podcast, and I also looking forward to 2021. By the way, good find, good information on the ranching vets, and I want to pass along that website again that uh, the captain talked about. That's ranchinvets.org. Ranch and spelled R-A-N-C-I-N, vets.org. Now let's head into our topic of today's podcast of selling program cattle. But I first would like to just give you some thoughts to kind of set it up as to why, as producers, I feel that we need to be very educated about the return on our investments from literally every input cost in our operation, from animal health components and supplies to minerals, supplements, feed to the bowls we buy, and even how we market our livestock. Now, at every turn, we're bombarded about if you use this product or you do this program that it's going to bring you X more dollars per head per year. Now, if that was the case, then I could potentially be selling my calves for about $1,800 a head. Of course, that's not really happening for anybody. Now, in, in, in every business, and ranching is no different, by the way, ranching is a business, the struggle is real in that we are constantly having to decide if this or that input cost will garner a return on an investment. And I think it's so easy, almost practically without knowing, to jump into management that more is more. And there's absolutely no guarantee that more will get you more. On the opposite side are those that do less just because maybe it's easier than understanding why you do less or it's, maybe it's because dad and grandpa did it that way. So here's my quote of the day. Now think about this. More is not always more. Less is not always less. Less can be more and more can be less. Let me say that one more time. More is not always more. Less is not always less. Less can be more, but more can be less. Today, our topic is about several of the programs available for marketing your livestock, which falls under the terminology of programmed cattle. I, without a doubt, I think that these programs are extremely beneficial to the livestock industry and have truly created value for those that have management and volume that fits these programs. However, I also believe that because cattle markets have no guarantee that without fully understanding these programs and what it takes to be involved in terms of cost and management, that you could potentially be placing added costs into your operation that is not garnering you a justified return. Now, today we are going to be talking with Clint Berry on selling program cattle. Kaching. More pounds, more calves, more profit. Studies show Hereford Genetics increased net profit by $51 per cow per year. That's $20,000 in additional revenue for a typical 400 cow outfit. And calves sired by Hereford bulls continue to add value through the chain. A documented $30 per head in feedlot profitability. That's real money and real results. Get more ka-ching. Come home to Hereford at Hereford.org. The Working Ranch Podcast is brought to you by The Working Ranch Magazine. The January-February issue is out. Now, all I can say after reading through that issue is I'm ready to head to the Flint Hills of Kansas, visit with the Cloud family of the C5T Ranch. I'd like to sit down with little Tip Riley for one of those gigantic cinnamon rolls at Hebrews. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to read the Rancher's Journal segment of the latest issue. If you'd like to subscribe to Working Ranch Magazine, you can do it easy. Go to workingranchmag.com for more information. A thank you to this week's sponsors of the Working Ranch Podcast, the American Hereford Association, Neogen, the American Cemental Association, and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Cattle Max, and North American Limousine Foundation. 
Well, today my guest is Clint Berry. Clint is a marketing rep for Superior Livestock based out of Fort Worth, Texas. And part of the reasons I wanted to visit with Clint in regards to our top subject here today on selling program cattle was because, Clint, you have been in the industry a long time and you've helped sell, market, and be around uh, a lot of these types of programs, a lot of what you've done, especially as you're working through Superior. And you can give us, I guess I really wanted somebody here that could give me the basics of what some of these programs are, what their requirements are, but then at the same time, let's be honest about where this works because there is some viability to these programs. So we're not going to discount these programs. We're going to talk about their viability, but at the same time, we also need to talk about how it's viable to individual programs or individual uh, operations as well. So first of all, let's just start at the basics and let's talk about the variety of programs starting from the bottom and working all the way up of the different types of programs that are these guys can take advantage of when they start the process of marketing their calves. Sure, absolutely, Justin. I appreciate the chance to visit with you all. Uh, My rep team and I market cattle from the majority of the country. We, we ship cattle in 2020 from Idaho to North Carolina and North Dakota to Texas. So we, we cover a pretty wide gamut of territory. Some of the discussion over these, these programs are going to be highly dependent upon your volume. Some of them are going to have a little impact on your volume. A lot of that's going to be different for each producer. And that's something that you've got to sit down and think about it. As we start, like you said, let's start at the beginning. Well, in, in my opinion, there's the first two things out of the gate that I want to remind everybody when it comes to marketing cattle. There's still two big kings in the cattle marketing world that, that, that we can't transcend. And one is reputation. So the reputation that buyers have had buying your cattle before, um, the other is volume. And, and that may not sound fair, but that's reality. All of us understand there, there is some there is an asset to having load lot sizes and mold, and then there's an asset to having multiple load lot sizes compared to somebody that's selling 25 calves. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the reality. It, it, like I said, it may not be fair, but it is part of the reality. So as we start that process, I, I still believe step number one is recording and sharing the information on your herd health. Okay. We all forget that. Mm-hmm. How many times we set to sell barn and we sell a set of calves and the word out of the ring man or the auctioneer's voice is boys they've had all their shots that ain't enough guys that's not enough we need to know administration dates and we need to know the products you gave because they differ drastically and part of this process is record keeping as you've got ages of when your calves are born the calving window that you had the shot protocols are part of it so write down the days that you administer the the vaccines and what the specific products were that you administered. And I would include, in my opinion, if you're using implants, I would include that and, and whatever dewormers you're utilizing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is all part of that, that, that first step process. But as you move into the third party audits, the first one is what we call source and age. And that was created in 2004, specifically for Japan, because Japan put, yeah. when we had the BSE cow, that locked us out of the, the Japanese market because of the, the cow that stole Christmas from yep. Canada. So to get back in that market, we they, Japan had implemented a 20-month age restriction at time of death. So the age and source create, started there to supply that. Um, so the animals in age and source, they have to have the age of the oldest calf born 
Uh, some programs may require the last calf born as well. They can vary a little different from program to program. You as a rancher need to talk to your auditing partner and find out exactly what their requirements are. And then the source is your ranch of origin. Some programs might require a premise ID. Multiple programs do not require a premise ID. A USDA premise ID is what I'm speaking yeah. of there. But but in general, what, what agent source does is it gives the date of the oldest calf born in the calf crop and it gives the location of the source of origin. And that is the start to all of the export programs. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it's becoming more and more the start to just even the natural programs, which are really a domestic type product. So that's the first step. And and those programs can range anywhere for as low as the cost of the tags, a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, depending on if you just want a dangle or a combo or an EID, it allows some flexibility there. Some cost a little more, depending on how many cattle you're enrolling and, and what kind of tags you're looking to purchase. The next step in that would be what what I would consider to be NHTC. So that stands for non-hormone treated cattle. The biggest confusion on NHTC cattle is the cattle have not had a a hormone, meaning an implant. But it also means like if you're synchronizing Mm -hmm. open heifers to breed in a sync program using cedars and and, and hormone shots to synchronize those cattle. The ones that failed to breed, if you were going to turn around and market them, they then too have had a hormone and they are ineligible to that program. But in general, lion's share of what we as ranchers and producers would be talking about would be putting an implant in the ear of a calf. Steer or heifer yeah. doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first step. But okay. here's the confusion. Just because you don't implant does not make you in rolled into the NHTC program. You, you have to not implant, but you also have to hire the third-party audit and you have to EID tag the calves because NHTC is a export program designed for cattle qualifying to go to Europe, to the EU, the European Union, and into China. Okay. Then the next step, I would say, when you move from there would be into the natural programs. And some of these are going to flow together and some of them are going to be a decision. You want to make a left or a right at the intersection. It's mm-hmm. up to you as a producer. When we get into the naturals, there's really two kinds. There's the, the, the kind that we started with, which was called certified natural. That's a producer affidavit. So that means you as the rancher say that, yes, my cattle qualify for that. Here's my signature. Here's the sheet of paper. And I'm going to call them natural. But I will tell you, in my personal opinion, and especially over the last few years, if you're going to market natural calves, you really need to move into a third party or what we call verified natural. Whereas a third party comes in and verifies what you're doing and says, yes, in fact, we we agree and we verify that these calves are natural. Because mm-hmm. when we're marketing those cattle on Superior, the verified naturals consistently will fight for the top of the market and, and give an opportunity for customers at a, at a chance at a natural premium. The certified naturals typically do not. Now, there are exceptions to that. I would tell you if you're brand new at this, mm-hmm. you've never sold natural calves, the chances of you earning a premium with a producer affidavit alone are slim to none. If you're going to go to the trouble of keeping your cattle natural, you might as well utilize the verified natural program take that step and have those cattle verified so that a third party can from the outside in has some faith in, in, in that verification on your behalf. 
as you try to build into a relationship with a natural buyer. Yeah. Then from there, you move up into into the higher echelon ones. And, and really, in my opinion, there's about there's two. One is beef care. Um, and that is a product line that, that can be all of the, the programs we mentioned below or none except for the source and age. They do have to be sourced to the ranch of origin and they do have a BQA certification requirement in their program as well. And beef care is designed for a domestic program. The calves don't have to be NHTC. They don't have to be natural. They can be all of the above or any combination of. And beef care is designed to, to tell the story of us as producers, ranchers, and farmers to the consumer that, that hey, we're doing some these steps to assure you of a quality product and, and build confidence in what we're doing environmentally, socially, community-wise, healthiness for our cattle, humane handling, all those kind of things that, that you hear some of the domestic consumer demands that, that have been pushed around, and especially in, in certain markets or certain segments. That's what that's designed for. The other one at the upper echelon is what they call GAP, Global Animal Partnership. That program is designed to satisfy one product, and that, that is the product that is sold in the Whole Foods grocery stores. Doesn't mean that other people don't buy GAP cattle and use them, but to sell in Whole Foods, they have to be GAP approved from birth all the way to harvest. And that GAP program was designed for and targeted for that one single retailer, Whole Foods, to be sold to customers. And, and at times, it can be probably the most highly sought after and demand cattle out there because there is a lot of stringent requirements to the, that program yeah. that, that some producers agree with and some do not. It, it is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But um, at other times, you know, if it, like anything, laws of supply and demand, and sometimes we've got a lot of cattle available that we don't have at other times of the year. You got, you got to be cautious about that, but it's something that needs to be evaluated on a cost and return basis pretty much on an annual basis for each producer. All right. Well, stay with us because when we come back, we're going to visit more with Clint on the next process and how you can evaluate if a program or programs can work for your operation. It's an uncertain world out there, but here's a simple reminder from the crew from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator and the American Semental Association. Moving forward together. IGS. We collaborate. You profit. Look fear in the face and press on. Simi strong. Life is tough, but so are we. Sim genetics. Profit through science. Count your blessings. Another sunrise, a new start. Stand together. Stand strong. Semental. Neogen. You know your cow herd better than anyone else. All of those countless hours spent planning your breeding rotation. The best bulls to use. Which replacements to keep? Should I even keep replacements? It sure didn't come easy. We understand that. Neogen. So let Igenity from Neogen take care of what's underneath the hide. Igenity plus Invigor. We've talked about it on the radio show. Is an advanced, accurate, and economical DNA profile that reveals the genetic potential you need to build a stronger herd. Paired with the industry's first heterosis tool, Invigor, increased Igenity plus Invigor scores can lead to greater fertility in your females and more profit at the rail. Here's what you need to do. Go to IgenityBeef.com to select with confidence today. IgenityBeef.com. 
Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. Today, my guest is Clint Berry, who's a sales rep for Superior Livestock. Now, Clint is based out of Fort Worth, Texas, and we've been delving into the details of selling program cattle. Now, on a side note, I might add that if you do have the latest copy of the Working Ranch magazine, there is an article in there entitled, Get With the Program, written by Heather Smith-Thomas. Now, one of the things she points out uh, that we've actually had breed-specific program cattle selling clear back in the late 1970s, but she also outlines some of the things that we have been talking about today as well. But, Clint, let's go to the next step this, because I, I really want to have some real conversation here in terms of a lot of these things, there's a cost associated with this, and there's some work that needs to be done with that. And as we were talking off air, the quote that kind of stuck in my mind that you mentioned to me was, enrollment does not guarantee a premium, just access. Explain more about that. Yeah, Justin, that's a, that's a good point. I, I want to stress this. Just because you enroll into these programs does not guarantee you a premium. It, this, this is not like buying a a seat on an airplane and, and you're guaranteed seat a number a five, you know, it doesn't work that way. This is an opportunity to market verified cattle into a marketplace that, that in general does show premiums for these cattle, for these higher uh, verified programs that have other program claims because on the, on the fact cattle side, They've got an ability to harvest more money out of the carcasses, not only for the feeder, but also for the packer. But you, you got to remember, it's not a guarantee, and everybody's got to have a little. So you're going to have to feel like, well, what's your risk appetite here at the ability to do this? And and the other part I would tell you is it, it, it's not all fair. I mean, it costs a lot more if you have fewer calves. I'll give you a great for example. This data that I'll share was from 2017 to 2019 from the nation's largest uh, verification company. And when you talk about bundling some of those verifications, like so let's talk about source and age, NHTC and verified natural. When you bundle those three together, those costs on a per head basis range from $24 per head to $5.40 per head for the same bundles. Mm-hmm. That's 24 bucks a head. On average, if you've got a say a fifty head cow herd, mm-hmm. that's that's their data, not not something I'm making up. For the same bundle on a five hundred head cow herd, that's as low as five forty head is what their data says. So j- just just roughly speaking, we're, you're looking at twenty dollars difference in the cost of enrollment. So mm-hmm. as a smaller producer, you need to be re- very very confident to know that you've got a marketing platform to be marketing your calves out of because you've already taken $20 out of the overall on those cattle. If you could sell those cattle for $1,000 a head, now you're selling them at nine eighty, and you need a premium beyond the $1,000 to make up for that. So you've got to be confident that you've got an opportunity to do that. And, and that's the other side of these programs. There's two steps to determining if these programs are going to work for you. And it does differ upon volume, but I'll let each of the producers make up their mind of what matters to them and and what doesn't. But you've got to be thinking about two other additional points. The the first one is when you start talking about NHTC or naturals, you're taking away some of the technology we have in the beef industry to add pounds to your calves. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a calf with foot rot or pink eye, or coccidiosis when he was young, or just not doing well through the summer. And if you doctor that calf with an antibiotic, he is out of the natural program. 
And when you start talking about the NHTC and the natural falls into this too, because natural cattle cannot have a hormone either. If you are a producer utilizing hormones, then you have to take that added gain that they were giving you that, that Mm -hmm. benefit that was there away from the, from the overall as well. So not only do you have to start to evaluate an audit cost, but you have to evaluate a technology cost. Now, there are multiple times that, that that return on the money far outweighs it, but that's part of what you've got to make that decision. And because that's a lot of pounds, if you, if you just figure, you know, a lot of the university data and, and animal research data will say, you know, 15 or 20 pounds a gain for an implant. Some people argue with that, but I mean, you, you got to compensate for that loss in, in weight mm-hmm. at the cost of the implant versus not putting the implant in and enrolling in the process. You've got to determine whether or not that fits for you in general. Uh, I want to be careful here because everybody's program is different, but in general, if, if you are running more calves, you've got a better opportunity at those premiums. than if you've got fewer calves, it's, mm-hmm. it's harder to capture the same return. If you've got 20 calves selling, than if you've got 200 calves selling, than if you have 500 calves selling, or if you have 800 calves selling, it's just reality. So you really need to think about your marketing of those cattle before you start down that road. So if you're marketing through an avenue that doesn't supply, doesn't, you don't see other cattle like that. And you're specifically, if you're in less than load lots, if you're marketing through an avenue that doesn't have cattle with similar claims, you got to understand that through the order buying system that that's so beneficial to our industry, but it also comes at restrictions. And that's one of them. If you've got, Gap cattle, you know, export eligible cattle, and you're the only cattle selling that day that are that way. It's they can't bundle additional cattle to make the load lot to be able to justify a premium for your calves. That's just reality. That's not how it's going to work. So if if you're selling to a marketing outlet that doesn't have those kind of other cattle selling, you're probably going to also have to be thinking about what are the outlets? How am I going to sell those cattle if, in fact, I enroll in that? There's a business element that people need to understand and that some of this stuff has been, there's been parts of it people have been involved with from a fad standpoint and not really a business perspective. And I guess as we talk about this and as you wrap this up in some final comments, really just concisely, how would you, you know, the thoughts, the things that a person needs to be aware of when they're looking at these programs versus what they have really with their cow herd? Absolutely. And Justin, you hit the nail on the head. Every producer is going to be different in their determination for these. Some, some from a risk standpoint, risk return standpoint, others in what their management is. The, the biggest mistake that I see right now with what the cost of the programs are and the premiums that are received is producers that are doing neither. Okay, if, if, if you're a rancher, doesn't matter the, the head count in your herd. If you're a rancher and you're not implanting, you need to be looking at NHTC. If you're a rancher who is doing raising natural calves and you're not marketing them as naturals, you need to be looking at verified natural programs because you're already taking the loss from the technology standpoint, whether and I mean that in terms of not utilizing mm-hmm. the implant, but if you're already doing those things, it's a lot easier for you to capture a premium on it because you're not changing your management. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you're implanting calves or you're feeding rumensin in a weaning ration or Bovitec or whatever it may be, and you can't be in those naturals or NHTC programs, that's a different conversation or a different aspect from a business model looking at it, what that cost could be to you. So it's going to be different for each producer as to how they're doing it versus what they've got to do to be in the programs. Some, all they simply have to do is call and get verified. Mm -hmm. Others have to drastically change their their programs. And, And what I would tell you is don't let the tail wag the dog. Love to sit at the coffee shop and brag about what our calves sold per pound. And we forget about what was dollars per head from a profit standpoint. And I'm, I don't want to bash the programs because if you want to press the top of the market, you've got to be in these kind of programs. You've got to give your buyers an opportunity to sell at a premium what they're raising in the feed yard and what they're putting in the box. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to access the top of the markets now, you've got to be enrolled in these programs. But just be sure that you understand what the cost is, both from an enrollment and from a cost of production, I would tell you, you've got a hard decision to make. Either enroll in the programs or start using the implants. Yeah. But don't do neither. You, you can't stand in the middle of the railroad tracks. Eventually, you will get run over. I don't care if you go left or right. That's your decision. But don't stand in the middle and do neither because you are losing out on both sides. That is a very good quote to end our conversation here today with Clint Berry, representative for Superior Livestock. As we talk programs and the the usefulness is out there, but also the things to be aware of. So, Clint, thank you for joining me today. Most welcome, Justin. Thank you very much. Safe drives as you continue on. I know you're on to the next set of cows, so I appreciate you taking the time here to meet with me today. We'll be back as we check in with Don Day on our weather. If you could do something today that would bring you profit tomorrow, would you do it? In the cattle business, it's about efficiency. And with Limousine Genetics in your herd, your profit is just one calf crop away. With Limousine or Limflex cattle, it's more pounds naturally to sell at weaning. It's growth and feed efficiency with the added benefit of carcass merit. The other side of the profit coin with Limousine Genetics is the maternal efficiency, docility, and longevity of your cows and bulls. It's as simple as Limousine Today, Profit Tomorrow. How would you like an easier way to organize and manage your ranch records? It's easy with CattleMax, the software for people who raise cattle. CattleMax brings all your ranch records together in one place. Manage your cattle data, including health treatments, breeding, and calving. Ranch records such as equipment inventory and maintenance, income and expenses. It works for any size herd. See how easy it is to manage your ranch records. Start free now at CattleMax.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Podcast. Meteorologist Don Day joining me again here for this week's episode. And uh, Don, one of the things I want to talk about is I know historically you know a lot of history weather-wise. So... As we start a new year, I know for myself, I'm thinking about, oh, shoot, you know, we were dry last year. Is my stocking numbers reduced far enough? Do I need to be looking at more? I know guys looking at whether they should be planting things or not. But what is history telling you as we look forward for maybe our potential weather? Well, history shows that when we have a La Nina of the intensity that we have right now, that there are certain parts of the country that are that are very sensitive to that. And that would be from the Western Corn Belt through the Western High Plains, the Northern Plains, the Rockies, 
and the far west. That would be from the Pacific Coast to California and into the Great Basin. The western side of the U.S. is really sensitive to these La Ninas. And there is a strong tendency when they're this strong to be in a drier and warmer than normal pattern. And since we saw the La Nina get started late last spring of 2020 and into the summer of 2020, that's exactly what's happened. And as we go here now into the, the first of the year and into the first few months of the new year, with La Nina being so robust and showing no signs of weakening, those same tendencies are going to go on here for a little bit longer, which means the drought conditions in the central and southern Rockies and the far west and southwest and now some of the plain states, that is going to continue. So history says it will continue and it's going to be hard to break that at least through the end of February. So as we approach maybe another month down the road, your ability to define maybe what's going to happen in April, May, March, April, May is going to become a little clearer? It it should be. One thing that we, we do have is we have some very fancy computer modeling that is predicting what those sea surface temperatures are going to do out in the Pacific. And right now, the majority of them say that as we go into March, April, May, and June, we're still going to be in a La Nina. And if we are, if we are, then that's going to, again, be that drier than warmer conditions for the western half of the United States. Now, one thing that we have to be really cautious about is, is that We've been fooled before by these long-range computer models, especially trying to track these sea surface temperature conditions. So I always like to look at where we are the middle to the end of February with those sea surface temperatures. And if we see a trend, do we see them getting warmer? Do we see them holding steady and getting a little bit colder? So before we can write off this spring and summer of 2021 as being a continuation of droughty conditions in the central and western United States, we're going to take a look at about four to five weeks from now to see where we're going to be. I'll say this, though. This is the strongest La Nina that we've seen since going back to around 2011 and 2012. Now, a lot of folks will remember how dry it was during that last La Nina event for a large part of not only the central and western United States, but a lot of the lower 48 was. And so um, there is a historical tendency to say that there is a strong opportunity for this La Nina to go into spring. And another thing that you know we, we can talk about uh, later in other podcasts, Justin, is, is that we really have a strong correlation with La Nina and low solar cycles. And we just got out of a solar minimum. Uh, this was the strongest solar minimum in decades. And you know what happened during the, the last really strong solar minimum? Hmm. We had two years of La Nina. And so there are there is some precedent there as well. So I don't want to give up hope and say that we're headed towards a, a more wet spring and more wet summer than 2020. But history suggests that perhaps it is going to be another dry spring or summer for many folks in the central and western part of the U.S. Well, Don, I appreciate you joining us today. You know, I, I kind of feel bad for your job because, you know, when it's raining and everybody, everything's good, boy, you're the most popular man in the room. But right now I'm probably going to get emails back saying, why do you have this guy on? <laughs> That's right. You know what You know what we call it? We call it wish casting. When you, you see something that says drought, but you wish and you forecast for something that's different than that in the hopes that you might be right. And so you have to look at the data. You have to look at what's presented to you and you have to go back and look at the record books and say, you know what, this pattern just isn't a wet pattern. And unfortunately, that's where we're at right now. 
You bet. Well, again, thanks for joining us on this podcast, and we look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back after this. Sound familiar, right? It should. Part of the commercials that you've been hearing for the past year from the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. We've talked a lot about it, but have you tried it? So let's just talk plainly, candidly. No music, no ha-ha, funny sound bites. Just rancher to rancher. The Feeder Profit Calculator is free. There's no hidden costs. Now, they can't promise that because you use the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator this upcoming marketing season that your calves are going to blow the doors off the sale barn. They can't promise that. But, but here's what they can say, that if you get an extra dollar for those calves, does it make a difference? Well, 100 calves at 500 pounds and a dollar more this fall gives you an extra $500 to the paycheck, and it didn't cost you anything but a few hours worth of work. So you know what happens when you do nothing? Nothing. The IGS Feeder Profit Calculator. It's free. It's fast. Period. A thank you to our sponsors for this episode, the American Hereford Association, Neogen, the American Simmental Association, and the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, CattleMax, and the North American Limousine Foundation. Also would like to thank my guest, the Captain Tim O'Byrne for Tim's Two Cents, meteorologist Don Day, and our featured guest, Clint Berry with Superior Livestock. A load of information today from Clint, so I appreciate him taking the time out of his very busy schedule. And I also want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today just a little bit longer than normal. Now, if you do have questions, ideas, topics for the show, would just like to get a hold of me, you can do it calling or texting the studio at 307-363-COWS, or you can shoot me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. This has been a production of Working Ranch Magazine, and before we leave today, I would like to leave you with this quote from earlier in the episode. As you think about your ranching business, more is not always more, less is not always less, less can be more, and more can be less. Thanks again for joining me. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.